0: What's up, basketball fans? My name is Jason Martin. here with my boy Andy Cordell, and this is 808s and Fast Breaks, a weekly basketball discussion that rarely ends up being about just basketball. Welcome back to 808s and Fast Breaks, episode 32.
1: Happy Shaq Day. Happy
0: Shaq. the Shack episode.
1: The Shack episode, yeah.
0: Miami Heat right. Shack. Orlando mm-hmm. Shack. And on this episode here, really in this in the spirit of our podcast name, it's gonna be a pretty even split. We're gonna talk basketball and we're gonna talk music because we've been pretty juiced about all the new music that's coming out lately. Absolutely. Her loss with Smithereens by Joji. Mm. I mean, you got Smino releasing. You had Kenny Beats a month or two ago. You had Omar Apollo a little bit ago. Kendrick was six months ago. 2022 has kind of been a year.
1: And it oh, my God. Harry Styles, too.
0: Harry Styles, too. Harry Styles. There you go.
1: Steve Lacey. Ta- Taylor
0: Swift just dropped, too, I'm pretty sure.
1: I know. It's is a lot of music, man. There's yeah, a lot so of content this year.
0: A lot sure. of music and it feels like it like I said just came right out of nowhere and we're going to kind of like take a really like micro dive, meta dive into like how we actually consume and listen to music these days. How streaming has changed things, how us being in our mid 20s has changed things. Mm-hmm. Uh all these different things. We're just going to kind of wrestle with some of those ideas. Um just through the lens of those albums because it's been super fun these past like whatever five days listening to it. Right. Um, But before we get into all of that, let's uh, let's do some basketball talk here and to do that. We're just going to kind of recap the weekend here uh, and then do a little bit of a prediction Mulligans, which is where uh, if, if uh, those of you who listen to our three parter (laughs) uh, NBA preview podcasts, uh, over the last month or so we made quite a few predictions and some of them already looked fucking terrible (laughs) (laughs) very true so we hold ourselves accountable here at eight and fast breaks we are going to let you know where we fucked up and where we wish we could have made a different prediction (laughs) at this point because you know hindsight's 2020 um with that being said my friend andy is there anywhere you would like to start you want to go eastern conference western conference I'm, I'm throwing the ball over to you here
1: oh man let's start with the western conference because honestly it's been it's been nice for the portland trailblazers so it's just like you know what let's start with the west
0: <laughs> i like yeah, it i like it you know yeah man portland trailblazers sitting at seven and three right now coming off just kind of it's a really dope road trip they're on right now i think they're still on it i might have been one or two more games before they come home but you know they had uh back-to-back games in houston of which they stole one of those without damian lillard without anthony simons um and then again without those guys they got blown out by houston on on a back-to-back um visiting their home court that's to be under to be uh that'll happen i guess is what i'm trying to say you know right right um but then they come back yesterday in miami I think they're down 14 or 15 points uh at one point in the third quarter come roaring back uh, throughout that second half fourth quarter especially and it ends crazy in crunch time with with damian lillard passing to josh hart in the corner and hit a three at the buzzer for the win over the miami heat who are widely considered like a contender in the east you know they were they were an eastern conference finals team last year so and what 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 do you attribute portland trailblazer success to and please remind our listeners uh where where you had them ranked
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh man oh man all right i'll uh fortunately guys i had portland at 11 um (laughs) currently the the third seed uh i truly don't know but I feel like we're uh, every single fan base says this when their team has a huge turnaround, but I genuinely feel like we're seeing some really, really special basketball coming from the Portland Trailblazers. Their offense um, let me see. So their offensive rating, if I remember correctly, yeah, is 17th in the league. So you would think, oh, you know, an offense that's out of the top 10 like how are they how are they up there but they got all they got a top 10 defense and also their shot selection and the way the whole team gets buckets is very spread out evenly i think that's part of the reason why teams are having such a hard time especially with the comeback offense portland has trailed numerous amounts of times during this road trip and have come back full force in the fourth quarter and it's really, really cool and interesting to see that everybody is a w- is willing to pass and move the ball. But then it's really hard to, like, guard everyone because you have spot-up shooters in the corner, right? And those can be interchangeable. So if, like, Anthony just wants to sit in the corner, he can. And so Josh Hart, too, right? Jeremy Grant's hitting more of top of the key threes, but he's gotten some corner threes, too. And all of a sudden, you kind of see everybody on the floor, and you're like, oh, No, this team can actually stretch, like you know what I mean. Like Nurkic doesn't take threes, but he'll shoot one. He's gonna shoot
0: to a game. He's gonna be open, right? Yeah, he feels comfortable with it at least.
1: And I don't really feel like Portland's offense is ever forced. You know what I mean? I think that's a testament to Damian Lillard's pace on the team when he's on the floor too. How he's he really doesn't look like he's rushed at all this year. You know what I mean? Very methodical play from you know the lead guard of the Portland Trailblazers.
0: No, I definitely agree with you, man. And the other big piece that, that I want to point out, I guess like two things, right? Is the depth has been like imp- really impressive. You know, right. when you actually look at the team, right? I, I didn't expect to have the, the Trailblazers to have this depth coming into the year, but they have like real guys. You know, it's not going to be household names, but they have real NBA players all throughout their starting lineup and coming off the bench. And we haven't even seen Gary Payton play for this team yet because he's still coming off that injury. Like you They easily go eight deep, right? Because you got Lillard, Simons, um, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant, and Nurkic, right? And then you got Nas. You got Winslow, who's been a revelation. Mm -hmm. Um, We bring in Eubanks, who's a solid backup big. Shaden Sharp has looked great to start. Like, there's just all of these guys. Keon Johnson has been a solid you know he's a backup guard. Like it's nothing special. It's nothing glamorous. But he plays tough defense and he can orchestrate the offense and get buckets in transition. You know it's yep. like it's it's what you need your backup players to do, and they're doing it right. So they were able to win games without Damian Lillard Um, when while he had that calf strain. And now that he's back, like when they come back home, I feel like the sky is the limit, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at their you know, the next games here. I think they play Charlotte and then they play the pelicans every everyone's off today for uh because it's election day election but tomorrow day, yeah. they got the hornets and then uh what is that thursday they'll have uh the pelicans then they have a day off they go to dallas and that'll be the end of the the road, road trip road
1: trip yep
0: i mean i think it's i think they probably get one of two of those back to backs right i think they probably might drop that pelicans game right yep. just cuz that's yep. you know travel day and back to back that's tough um but yeah, I don't, I could go two and one. They can easily go two and one. They could beat Dallas on their home floor now that, now that Dame's back. Um, so I just think it's, it's cool what we're seeing from this team. The other thing I was going to point out is they've been really good defensively. Uh, I think mostly due to Chauncey Billups. but the biggest piece is, is they close out defensive possessions. This is a really, really good rebounding team, especially on the defensive end. You got Josh Hart that comes flying in. He's averaging almost nine boards a game as a freaking guard. That's crazy. Um, and then you just you just have like long athletic wings, which you haven't been able to say about Portland all throughout the floor now, right? Exactly. Like Jeremy Grant's a great rebounder. I already mentioned Hart. Um, who else? Who else? Nurkic. Winslow. Course, double digit. Winslow is yeah. Winslow's Nurkic. A fleet. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to rely on Lillard and Simons. They're able to leak out and start that transition exactly, and, yeah. and, and get those uh, three pointers and and just easy buckets in transition. So it's it's all meshed well, man. Like I'm it's what Chauncey's done has been awesome,
1: yeah. And I will say just one more thing just to let play uh, people know that haven't watched Portland. The thing about their offense, other than just evenly scoring from almost everywhere, is almost every single guard and almost every single wing can run the pick and roll. It's mm-hmm. it's scary, like you know, and that's the cool thing about Portland is like the other night, um. When they hit the game winner, what ended up happening was I think it was in the beginning of the, f- the end of the third or the beginning of the fourth where there was like three straight possessions where they just gave the ball to Justice Winslow just to get like layups or like handle the rock or just set up the play. And it's like, wow, you get to rely on your wings to do that too. And then that just makes up for all these types of plays, you know, all these pin down screens or whatever you're going to set for Dame and Anthony and even, you know, Shade and Sharp if if needed right like it's just there's weapons everywhere and I think they just play with a lot of hustle you know what I mean I feel like a lot of these guys feel like we've been in the league for a little bit but we don't have enough respect you know like people have moved around like I think the prime example is Justice Winslow like being drafted to Miami it's not really working out he's moving teams you know like a lot of uh, chips on their shoulder you know what I'm saying and yeah, I no,
0: think one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just it's really dope. It's it's one of the best stories of the NBA season so far.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now on the, on the flip side, mm. I'm not just going to talk about one team. I'm going to talk about a whole city. Oh god. And the city of Los Angeles is down bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Holy you know, shit, dude! <laughs> yeah, they they were supposed to have two playoff teams. And they're supposed to have four of the best 15 players in the league. (laughs) It's tough. Um, But one of them being Kawhi Leonard just can't seem to be on the court for whatever reason. Still dealing with lingering issues from the ACL injury, even though he's already had 19 months. (laughs) I'm not going to judge someone's recovery, but I will make light of it (laughs) because it's, I mean, we've seen it from this guy before, man. It's like it's not as bad as San Antonio, but like it's—I think it's officially time to worry in Clipperland because when are we going to see Kawhi? And I'm not just saying that as someone who traded for him in fantasy, like a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, man. I don't know if we don't. I, I predicted them to be the one seed this year, and Me too. Like, looking back, that's pretty foolish because. It wasn't a known commodity. You had a lot of risk with with Kawhi Leonard coming back from injury, Paul George coming back from various injuries. I was just banking on the depth of this team. But, they just, dude, like Norman Powell looks awful. I don't know what's going on. But, like, that dark horse sixth man of the year, not going to happen. He looks out of place. Like, Morris looks like he's overstretching himself. Paul George is, like, willing them to every win that they get right now and they're six and five, right? I mean, they're still on the right side of, of 500 and they're still in the play in race right now. And it's, I mean, shit, man, we're 10, 11 games in for all these teams. It's not, it's not the end of the season, but I'd be worried, man. I think like they need to have a timeline. If we don't see Kawhi playing on Christmas, like hit the panic button. Right. Yeah. I don't know if they have a Christmas game, but I mean like around that time frame, Um, then let's talk about the Lakers. I'm not gonna talk about them too much because we spent a good chunk of last podcast talking about the Lakers, and I don't we don't need another Lakers podcast around. Mm-hmm. Um but what the fuck is going on, man? Like this is just a shitty team. They're two and eight. Two and eight. LeBron is in LeBron can't do what Paul George is doing and will will this team to victory. And that's no slight on LeBron. This team just fucking sucks. <laughs> like we're starting Troy Brown Jr. We're we're Matt Ryan is our like an uh, is our most dependable guy <laughs> off the bench. Like I've never heard of this guy before. Like we got Austin Reeves starting. Anthony Davis looks like a shell of himself. Like really like I think it's genuinely time. I was I I, I didn't want to like freak you out or anything, but I almost sent you um some hypothetical Anthony Davis trades to talk about on the podcast. So we're not gonna do it right now, but I think it's time to like entertain that option. Because you can't really trade LeBron. He just signed that extension.
1: Yeah.
0: And you wouldn't get the value that you would from trading Davis. You're already like you're already selling low on the guy. Um, compared to the price that you got him at that huge trade. It's just a fucked up mess right now. And the only silver lining is that Russell Westbrook seems to be buying into the six man role, and his odds for six man of the year went from plus like a hundred thousand to plus one fifty in the course of fourteen days. (laughs) which <laughs> I think is hilarious. I mean, so he's playing anyone, great off the bench. That's he's what's crazy. Great. He looks he's like himself. Playing amazing. Dude, he's rocking the baby on dudes again. Yep. Like, It's just, I, I won't belabor the point. It's just a fucked up mess. That's the only way to describe it. Oh, no man. single trade is saving this team.
1: Dude, it's so weird, dude. They're third in pace in the league, 102.9, but they're literally the worst team in the league offensively.
0: Yeah, and it, like they were. It makes were, no they, sense, bro. You here, this? I heard this on another podcast I was listening to. This says it all about this team. You know how, like last podcast, I was—I think I wrote it down. They—they they were first in pace and third in defensive rating at the time of our last podcast recording.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I let's see what it is. I don't have the number, but all that's happened in the meantime is they played the Jazz twice, and then uh, they played the Pelicans, I believe. And now they're fifteenth in the league in defensive rating. Like that shouldn't happen. You're playing the fucking jazz. Like they had them hang over one hundred and twenty points on their head twice. Back to back nights. <laughs> it's just bad, man. It's really, really bad. Like I'm looking at it on a basketball reference. They're um their expected win loss is three and seven. Like they're right where they should be. They're two and eight. <laughs> it's just a bad team.
1: I just him. feel so starting starting Wenyan, so startin
0: Wenyan Gabriel, Troy Brown Jr. and Kendrick Nunn right now. That was in this. That was our starting lineup in their starting lineup the other
1: night. Dude, what do you? What are Laker fans going to do with Rob Blanca, Man, fire him. Well, they just signed him. <laughs> who cares? Contract, who cares? I know. Pay I know. I don't pay him. Get him away. Pay him to get him away. I just think it's so dumb. Like I remember. Like <laughs> I forgot who said it. it Might have been. Bill Simmons podcast or something. But it was just like, this man has done nothing but bank on Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And he he made some really bad moves and has not really improved the team at all. And you're going to sign them to an extension?
0: They're like, yeah, we like what we see. Sign us up for more years of this.
1: I was like, dude, no shooting around LeBron? When has that worked?
0: It's it's fucked up, dude. Dude, it's
1: crazy, man. It's seriously crazy.
0: I want to say I'm gonna stop watching. You're not, but I'm not. That's the thing, man. I can't. I literally, I hate. I'm hate watching this team right now. Oh,
1: dude, it's it's painful, man. It's painful. Like it's the same thing with the Brooklyn Nets from last season too. I mean, last episode where I said it's really hard for the Lakers to keep uh twitchy guards in front of them. You know what I mean? And it's just like LeBron's too old to go for chase down blocks over and over again because these guards can't fucking hold him up. You know, like sometimes I sometimes, you know, people clown LeBron. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'd be like, you know, like you going to pick up at 24 and you're playing with like kids like 10 years younger than you. You're not going to go and hustle every play. It's really, really tough at that age. You know what I mean? And for some reason, you're right. Anthony Davis literally looks. And walks around like he's he's hurt, like you know he's playing through injuries. I know that. Like you don't go up for a dunk, a standing dunk, come down, feet perfect, back perfect, and you just go, uh. You know what no, I mean,
0: bro? Like I, I know. I, I mean, I'm not gonna like compare myself to a professional athlete right now, but <laughs> I, I mean, I am. Uh, <laughs> um, no, man. Like I've I've been getting like back spasms recently, you know wow um, like on wow. the right side of my lower back and it literally like i look how anthony davis did after that dunk when yeah. it happens where like it i'll just be sitting down and it'll just be like it'll hit and i'm just like ah like it's like a crippling second and a half and then it's gone
1: right it's like almost like
0: Ugh. yeah it's like everything everything all everything just tightens really really right. quick
1: right and right right
0: goes like goes back and it's it's frustrating me like i don't I mean, I'm dealing with probably a fraction, right, of of what this dude's going with. through. Yeah, and, dude, and he's nine inches taller than me. Um, so I mean, I it's just fucked up, and it's like, and it, I feel for the guy because so much, like on a human level, because it's 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 damned if you do and damned if you don't. Right now, like if he sits out, he's just gonna get made fun of by all these national TV guys and media because he's day to Davis and all this shit, and he can't stay healthy, and he. He's a wimp because he sits out these little injuries every season, but like the dude's like twenty eight years old and is dealing with back trouble. Man, like I don't. Want, I mean, I love this. I, I love never. my basketball team, man, but I don't want this dude to like have back trouble for the rest of his life. You know, for for a few games, that's like, get right, man.
1: It's not. It's not worth. It's never worth it. Not even a championship. You know, people say like, oh, like you know, players, you know, wish that they won a championship, but health is something that you can't buy, man. You know um, what I mean? And,
0: and I don't know, dude. Like, part of me just really thinks that, like, once Anthony, once AD won, he lost the drive. He's not, like, you know, and, like, I, again, I get it because you got to be, you got to be built different to reach the mountaintop and say, I want more. Right. You do. You, like, I'm not built that way. Fuck no. <laughs> I'm just not. Like, I'll be honest as hell. Like, I would be even more satisfied and lazy than, All those, like all these Laker players are right now. Who won that championship? I'd be kicking up, kicking up my feet. But I feel like he's like on a lesser level than that. Like he's just like he's chilling. Like he feels like a made man. You know,
1: sure. And he should be confident. I mean, it's only two years removed, really, since their ring. You know, and the drop off, like it's it's not as significant as like something where we'd be like, oh shit. But I do think like the talks about Anthony Davis arguably being the best four in the league is kind of over. And I don't think it'll ever come back, unfortunately. And it sucks yeah. because at that size, his package, his skills are so unbelievably nice, right? Like he's got, remember like New Orleans Pelicans, Davis, the mid-range jumpers, the spins, the dunks. He could do everything and now yeah. it's like he's just a shell of himself, like you said, and I think yeah, it really just stems from all of his health issues,
0: yeah, it's a bummer man, but yeah, we're not getting so the, the, that top five guy is 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 gone coming back it's yeah he's gone um only one other thing I want to talk about uh or just mention right, keeping the the theme of our California teams here um golden State again, like not not to that Lakers level of a mess, but like there's like some level of dysfunction going on. And did we bring this up on the last
1: podcast? Yeah, we did. We talked about it very like briefly.
0: Okay. Well, I might not have any more to add to that. Then I just want to say like, I watched um, the Kings game highlights and like Curry, like getting in an official's face and yelling at him for a miss. Like, like I'm like, he walked up to that referee. Like he was about to fuck him up. Like I know he wasn't going to, but that was, you know, the manner in which he walked up to the guy and like, I've never seen Steph act like that. And I don't think it was just because of the call. I think it's, you know, all this stuff boiling over. Right. And like definitely Wiseman, I'm about ready to call the dude a bust because he just looked like all this stuff that we were told he would be good at. He's He's not good at. He's not good good at 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 He doesn't have a, he doesn't have feel as a screener. He doesn't have any feel rolling to the rim. He can't shoot. He wants to get in these post-up actions that Golden State will not give you because that's not part of their offense and you're not good enough to get it even if it was. (laughs) Like, he's... I don't know, man. Like, we obviously haven't seen him play enough to make that decision uh, on him yet. But it's very, like, Marvin Bagley vibes. Like, I got sold some bad goods here. You know, what was promised is not what I'm seeing. From college and and pre MBA. Um, so hopefully the other guys step up. Um, uh, and you know, the Warriors are defending champions. We know they got it in them. And like I said, we're 10 11 games in. They sit at 12 in the standings, four and seven. Um, and then the other team I want to bring up really quick, real disappointed in the Sixers. Think they're turning it around. They're five and six, but James Harden just got hurt and he's out for at least a month uh with a foot injury. It's Maxi season. We'll see what he can do. We'll see if uh, Joel Embiid looks like the MVP candidate he did. I know we were talking a lot about him in the last episode.
1: A couple nights ago, um, he dropped thirty. I mean, he was looking pretty damn good. It was, it was Phoenix, right? Yeah, I yeah, think so. Yeah,
0: yeah it was and Phoenix, they yeah. and they um they held Phoenix, if I remember correctly, like they they held them to a pretty low number, um, scoring wise. Yeah, yeah Moss also eighty eight points.
1: Yeah, was it Niang or was it Korkmaz? One of one of the two was just shooting lights out, dude. They made like eight nine threes it was like a career high.
0: yeah uh niang made seven Nying? out of ten threes seven seven
1: points. out of ten threes. yeah it was like a career high for him i was just like damn man yeah. like they still got pieces bro like it's i think i think they'll be fine truly i think max is such a energizer bunny you know what yeah. i mean he and makes that, plays I mean, easier for everyone
0: i wouldn't be surprised too. like i mean i i mean the celtics are a really good team like, i'm not discounting them when i say this but at the same time like i wouldn't be surprised if they if the sixers end up winning that division right like they're in that division with um it's it's crazy the uh, the atlantic division because it's the celtics um it's the raptors it's the uh the sixers the nets like it's a murderer's row like
1: that's crazy <laughs> that's fucking crazy yeah man to see those teams more than the others oh my god it must be so frustrating sucks, right? four yeah. times a year at least right? so crazy so crazy
0: um, but yeah, I think that about does it for, for NBA talk here. Like, I mean, other oh, one thing. If we're talking prediction mulligans, there's one that me and you both need to just hand, what is it? Uh, hat in hand you need to come in and apologize for this take.
1: Uh
0: now, are you ready to say it with me? Huh? Keegan Murray is not gonna be the rookie of the year. <laughs> Oh yeah. And the fact that we picked anyone but Paolo Bencaro. is really Sweet. dumb on our part.
1: <laughs> so dumb. God, Paulo's um, lesson learned. And lesson
0: learned. Don't get cute with the picks. Um <laughs> no. when you when it looks legit, it looks legit.
1: <laughs> uh, dude. Paul, Paulo is something else, man. Yeah. He like dude, truly. He is
0: like he's gonna be one of the best players in the NBA.
1: Oh, hands down, bro.
0: No, it's like it's not even a question. Like it's getting overlooked because he plays in Orlando right now. But bro, he's hanging like 30, 15, and 5 on people right now.
1: Like, I can only imagine what he'll be like in two to three years. Like, he's he's already too smart and cerebral. Dude, I know we talk about his physical gifts, but like his mind for the game is ridiculous.
0: Dude, it's it's Jason Tatum.
1: It's just it feels that way. Yeah, it feels it feels that same way. Yep, yep. I remember when Tatum went to Boston. We were like, "Oh, Coming who's this kid? Dude. Yeah, who's this kid? He's kind of lengthy. He's long, right? It looks like he's a little nervous driving to the rim, but nah, man. See, it's but like, Paolo
0: doesn't have that. Paolo, Paolo needs to pick it up more on the defensive end right now, and he'll learn that. Like that's just right. time, I think, and reps. But dude, right. he is he's special. Oh, he's yeah. special.
1: Oh yeah, man. And also,
0: yeah. I'm, I'll say, I'm gonna make a really, really bold prediction. I think Paolo will be an all NBA player next year, his sophomore year. I think he'll make an all NBA team. You think third? Yeah. If not higher.
1: I could really see it, man.
0: I, dude, I'm like, I'm not trying to be cr- like crazy or anything, but like 10 games in, holy fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, no. Orlando hit it right. Mm-hmm. Dude, I remember you and me on draft day, we were all like, what? Not Jabari? And like, by definition, like Jabari, like play style and how he plays and everything, it does fit Orlando better. The shooting, like you know, and they the perimeter defense. It's like, oh, it looks nice, but this is where Orlando was hella smart, and they're like, no, we're not going to take the paper fit. We're gonna we're gonna take the guy that seems like he's just going to absolutely destroy the league. Um, yeah. and nobody was prepared for it, you know. And I guess now he's just he's proven why he's the number one draft yeah.
0: pick. Oh. By far, and we can we can uh, save the Jabari talk for a later podcast. More so, yeah. just because I'm I'm hoping yeah. he picks it up here. Um, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call him a bust ten games into his career. That's just silly. Um, but w- would have hoped to see a little bit more out of him at least this point. And now he picked up a little injury, and I think he's day to day. So mm-hmm. we'll mm-hmm. see. We'll see. He's in a tough spot, man. That Houston team is bad, bad, yeah. and they got guys that just want to score
1: exactly that's what i was gonna say is everybody looks like except the role players it's mainly Jalen and kpj where they kind of really dude. look like they're like balling for themselves you know what i mean
0: it looks like a pickup game when they play
1: yeah i mean don't get me wrong Jalen green's hella fun to watch but yeah. like it's like team basketball like we're talking about a professional league here like you know you spend your whole life training for this shit like i i would wish that there was more organized ball play but it's just kind of like AB Houston again except instead of two James one James Harden, you have kind of like two baby ones you know
0: Yeah. now we'll see man it's it's they're they're in it for hopefully not even when Banyama, man like I mean I'm not saying of course if they get the number one pick they pick him yeah but like just in like some like little twisted thing I want them to fall second just to get scoot because that's going to help Jabari the most
1: oh you yeah get a true point yeah
0: like yeah I don't know if they of course if you can get one Banyama, you start to build around him but like, it's not like they need the big the thing they have going with Smith and Sengun uh, and Garuba that like three headed monster of bigs has the potential to be really cool already, right? Um, and of course, yeah. like I said, Wemunyama would fit anywhere. So if you can get him, you get him. But school would be awesome there. I'm just kind of yeah, curious, he to would see what's be going to happen. He would be. Um, anything else you need to add as far as like stuff you need to to get off your chest, prediction mulligans, um, stuff from the last week before we move on to.
1: Drake and Joji. Uh, Giannis is the best player in the fucking league in the world. Nobody, nobody can tell me different. Nobody, not not this season, not this season, dude. Yeah, there's something in Giannis, bro. He wants that second ring, bro. I,
0: yeah. I, I, I mean, hey, I, I put the money down on the Bucks over a month, like over two months ago.
1: Yeah. Well, we, good. We, I'm ready to. I'm ready to hit. <laughs> Trust me, I think you will, dude. Especially with, dude. I still don't understand how they're doing this without Chris Middleton. You know dude, what I when mean? When
0: he comes back, like I, I imagine, it's actually going to be that. That's probably when they have the worst stretch of their season. Ironically, is is working when they back. immerse
1: him. Yeah, I know. It's yeah, been it's been a while. Be on for a minutes
0: him. restriction. I imagine oh. they'll work him back uh, into that offense. But yeah, I can't believe they don't have him, in their nine and one. Right.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. It's just every single. Well, I'd say mainly like, obviously the big three with Chris out, like you know Drew and Giannis. But brooke Lopez is having another small breakout season. He's going off. Oh, yeah. For no, my they fantasy, have,
0: they have yeah. the number one and two defensive player of the year candidates right now, and him and Giannis.
1: <laughs> so insane, dude! It's, <laughs> it's like cool. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's twenty twenty one all over again. You know. Cause that's what ended up happening and helped them win the championship too, was their anchor defense. When Brooke and Giannis are on the same page, on, like, and like funneling, and then Brook is Brook is one of the best drop coverage defender bigs in the league. He's just he just understands that spacing for some reason that I feel like a lot of other bigs are really struggling with, um, and that's just what kind of makes them unstoppable. On uh, like rim defense is crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Best team in the league. Absolutely. Um, You ready to uh to move on here? All right. Moving on to the 808s portion of the 808s and Fast Break podcast. We're going to be discussing all the dope fire shit that's been coming out over the last few weeks. And to give you guys kind of like the background of why we want to interject some more music conversation in the middle of the the basketball season here. It's really just because of two albums that just came out. It's because of her loss and it's because of smithereens, Uh, the albums by Drake and 21 Savage and then Joji respectively. Um, I just, I mean, I'll let you go off on a tangent here, Andy, because I can see, I can see that there's some things you need to get off your chest, but uh, I'll just say real quick, like, this is the most fun I've had listening to music. Uh, Oh, let me include um, Fred again in in this. Oh, yeah. Fred again. His his album. Like, those, these few albums, Omar Apollo 2, where like just these last few months of music has been so fun for me, you know? And I don't really know what it is. That's why we're, what's what we're going to talk about. But it's just like, it it feels, um, it's got like a youthful energy to it listening to music right now um and with that being said i'll uh, i'll feel free to start anywhere any of those albums i just mentioned
1: uh i just wanted to say one other artist that uh dropped too was baby keem's deluxe album
0: uh true Ab- that was good.
1: absolutely phenomenal actually yeah, like the deluxe sad. i was like yeah this is the one that's worth downloading you know so, some artists just drop deluxes just to make the streams and well, I wish whatever. you could just make
0: that another album though. Just, I know. Like, give it a call. It a mixtape. And give yeah, it a call cool it an name. EP.
1: Yeah, but it was still you pretty know, good. Whatever. Um, Okay, I guess we could start with her loss. So it was so funny because what I like to do sometimes, especially with like huge album releases, is sometimes I like to go through the beginning of each song just to kind of catch a vibe of like what I'm walking into, and. I had a choice of either listening to her loss or the new Joji album, um, which is smithereens. And I went through the, her loss album um, just a little bit at a time. Bang, 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 bang. I was like, damn, this shit sounds like fucking garbage.
0: Yeah. I remember that was the first text you sent me. You said, I'm listening, pl- listening to her loss right now. This is like hot garbage or something. Yeah. Like
1: that. no, no. No. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Like, let me buy in again because this is always my problem with Drake albums except maybe like views and like stuff before that you know let's
0: just say it's been it's been an issue for the last seven years
1: I agree yeah yeah that's basically what it is and don't get me wrong I'm a huge Drake fan Um, but I'm not gonna suck his dick every time he drops an album either I'm gonna be like all right this was kind of mid you know what I mean like because he's he's (laughs) I know a lot of people are gonna say what what the hell but dude he's really a golden standard of rap the amount of success, the longevity right the records broken that is what you call like the definition of one of the greatest rappers to ever live um, whether it's lyrically you don't have to agree we're just talking about purely statistically he's one of the greatest rappers so it's like okay like he hasn't really dropped a whole no skip project since like marvin's room you he know like i mean since take care you know? since take care sorry yeah or even if oh, yeah. like
0: i'll even i'll even give it to you like uh nothing was the same or like i know you like it's not it wasn't my favorite but like if you're reading this it's too late fucking love that album um and honestly like i'll even give like i don't really feel this way but like just for the general public i think they do like i'll even give views that you know, i love
1: views man views because i think
0: like looking back on Ooh. like um going back and listening to views is way better than than it was at the time i think
1: oh really that's one of the only albums from drake that i fucked with when i heard it no way feeling away it's, it's find and find we don't away. need to do the whole deep dive
0: on the discography bro but it was like i think it's just because like it was built up like none other you know, like it was views from the six for like a year, and then it was just, you know, it's
1: just like this huge. I thing. understand it's, dude. He's a corny marketer, man. He yeah. knows what he's doing. It sucks, but bro.
0: On that, bro, this is actually perfect to bring up. He's a real corny marketer, right? And I think this is like what really spoke to me about this album, right? And like we did a whole Drake podcast already, and I think, like, I, I don't know, I don't want to rehash everything, but. My the way I feel about Drake, I think has been well documented on this podcast. So I'm trying to say I'm not Mm -hmm. I haven't been the biggest fan for the last five, six, seven years. Uh, Big fan of old Drake. He was one of my favorite artists. Like I said, big Young Money fan growing up in high school. But it's just been disappointing these last few years because I grew accustomed to like a version of Drake. Like I mentioned, with Take Care, that soft Drake, and then he didn't really want to be soft anymore and perceived as like rapping for the girls, right? So he tried like flipped it and went super hard and then like then he went and did the the UK um thing and then he went and did the the house thing and the the Ugh. like caribbean dance it's just like like it it's someone who's searching right he's the i'll just like do it if he's we'll leave the commercial part out of it right. right it's someone who like doesn't know like he's into all these different things he doesn't really know what he wants to do yet right and it feels like he just like did all of these things and came all the way back around to the beginning and was like, you know what? I'm really fucking good at this shit. I don't know why I haven't been doing this shit. And like, I'm not just gonna like do it to do it. I'm gonna like do it because I'm good at this shit, you know? Yeah. And yeah. then I think like the other part of it is 21 Savage, we haven't even mentioned him. This is a collab album, right? It's not a Drake album. Yep. Um, is it feels like he brings out the best in people. And it mm-hmm. just because he is a very, whether you like his music or not. Right. Cause I think it's, you know, it's mumble rap, it's polarizing, it's gangster as shit. Right. Like it's hard, you know, vulgar music. Right. From a violence, like substance abuse, sexual perspective, all of it. Right. Everything. So it's very, very explicit, but like he's very well respected amongst his peers. And I think the only way you would ever know that is because of how hard these dudes show up when he's on a track with them. Yeah. Like, you you can go back to uh, Without Warning, right? The stuff he did with Offset and Metro Boomin, or even just Savage Mode, right? With Metro Boomin. With like, Metro Boomin, yeah. The stuff that, that 21 Savage has done in a collaborative setting has literally made careers, you know?
1: Mm-hmm
0: like he he's so influential and I don't think he's ever really going to get those flowers from like a, a general public perspective just because like I said the music is so explicit but this is the setting right and not even just like what he's doing it's like I said it's what he brings out of Drake and the relationship and then the marketing dude like the way that they, they went out and they did the fake Tiny Desk and they did the fake Vogue cover. So
1: and funny. And then the they fake, did the
0: fake colors. The fake color show. <laughs> like, it's all music videos. And they're like, dude, like, they're getting sued by Vogue right now for doing that. And it's just fucking hilarious to me. Like, dude, there's something about, like, to me, like, one, <laughs> oh it's, just, it's marketing genius. It's funny, bro. It's going to get so funny. Uh, likes and headlines and, and reaction, right? But, like, they're two of the biggest artists on the planet, right? Like, they don't need to do, like put together a fake color show like it's a school project like they genuinely <laughs> they're two dudes having like they're two dudes who are having, fun having with the their time art. of their lives yeah. right now they're two dudes who are having fun creating their art and like that's just sick like that's so sick they didn't go to the machine and go on the all the late night shows and perform it they didn't like have this like really calculated thing with their team it was like let's just have fun and do dope shit and that's the whole vibe of the album to me. And I think that's why I love it so much. Um just fucking dope, man. Like we don't need to go track by track on any of these because I don't know if it's that sort of podcast, but like, are there any like what are your favorite tracks? I don't like I said, I don't think this is a this is a no skip for me. Like, yeah, this, if is, I a no gonna, this if is a I no skip. If I was ever gonna skip a song, like I was if I had to pick a least favorite song, I don't think many people are gonna agree with me. Something about More M's just doesn't vibe for me. Like, I'll listen to it, but it's I'm not like going to be the Ems. one that I pick to play, ever. I know that's unpopular. I'm not, you know, I'm expecting that when I say it. It's just like, I don't know. That's the one on here where I was like,
1: hmm. I would say out of all the songs, like, the one that I probably would choose the least is On, on Bullshit.
0: I could agree with that one, too. I skipped that one just because I like Back Outside Boys so much and I want to get to dude, it. Dude,
1: it's so good. And, you know, like, dude, t- just talk about, like, Lil Yachty's little thing, man. Like, Yachty just on there in the back, you know? Like, dude, just having the time of his life, ad-libs. I was shook because I don't remember if I actually
0: sent the text to you, but I, like, was thinking about it when I listened to the song and then I, like, went back and rewound it and listened to it again on the first listen. I thought it was like some Childish Gambino, this is America ad lib shit where he had, because I thought I heard Uzi after I mm. heard Yachty. And I was like, wait a minute. And then I thought I heard Cardi. And I was just like, wait, are we getting all the, are we getting all of the, like this generation dudes to do ad libs on this? And I realized it's just, it's just it's Yachty, just Yachty. Like doing all the voices kind of yeah. doing his this thing.
1: It's just so cool. Did you know it's that so he cool. chose the album cover too? Yeah, he dude, what he's
0: a he's a producer on like 3 of these tracks.
1: Yeah. I dude,
0: it's he's crazy. It, how, he's the glue, bro. Remember okay, you remember when we talked about um ASAP on our um uh series playing about your theories right. and we right. talked about um Joe Fox. How he was the glue <laughs> of all that All album. Yeah. L- fucking Lil Yachty is the glue of this album. <laughs> Kind of insane, dude. It's perfect. It works so well.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, it's so funny, too. That song, that flow for Back Outside Boys, if you just listen to it, Yachty wrote that. Back Outside Boys, 27 on the strip, ready to die. Like, dude. And you can just hear, like, you know, Yachty's voice is so throaty and, like, kind of, it just sounds a little muffled. Like, you can totally hear him rapping that. And it's super cool because. I, I'm not a big Lil Yachty fan. Like, I don't go out of my ways to listen to any of his projects or albums. I think he's a feature king where he absolutely kills almost every feature he's on. But it it's kind of cool for him to like really be able to have this type of influence on one of the biggest artists in the world. Like, because he's just a cool dude, you know?
0: I love Lil Yachty.
1: <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> I just you do. Love-
0: I love Lil Yachty.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it's a little weird that he only eats like pizza, but like I think that, he's,
0: he's literally a rug rat all grown up. <laughs> like, like you know. Like you said, he just eats like pizza and drinks soda and like makes music. He's just a goon. Like Yeah, he's, he's, he's
1: it's it's beautiful that out of all the artists that could have been potentially part of this project, Drake and Savage were like, nah, like Lil Yachty's cool. Like, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but going back just to some songs that I really really like, um,
0: give me three, give me the top three.
1: Top three, top okay, not in any order, but major distribution, treacherous twins. Oh man, this third one's gonna be hard, but Circo Loco for me,
0: dude. The Daft Punk sample in that is so sick.
1: Oh, so my sick. god. One, one more time, more time. <laughs> <laughs> One, you should call me one more time you know the head was gray <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> all right don't do romance it's like oh so my good. god i will have to say there are bars there are bars in here this is the thing about drake that i think really pisses people off but like if you kind of switch your mindset and see how funny the shit is that drake be rapping sometimes um, first line from Circo Loco. I've been blowing through the money like it grow on trees. I've been fucking on a French bitch. Say la vie. Like <laughs> nobody gets away with that but him. You know? Um, but bro, I wanna I wanted to make sure
0: you said something that you said to me um a few days ago when we were talking about this. When you just I guess I'll frame it for you like this talk to me about how Drake makes music for women.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so listeners out there. I'm sure you guys know a lot of people find Drake corny because it's kind of like it definitely is catered towards women especially towards like later in his career but Drake's writing process is literally just having conversations with women and then writing it artistically getting a team together to fill in the gaps. And so there's a lot of there's a lot of things on this album that are super catchy especially on something like rich flex right 21 can you do something for me and obviously he sounds a little sus like but it's all fun and games but drake's a marketing genius because who else is going to be singing that in the clubs girls when they're at a concert all the girls are going to be screaming on top of their lungs 21 can you do something for me and that's what he does man he writes instagram captions Like, his whole discography is Instagram captions. And I know that might be corny for some people, but that is extremely, like, extremely hard skill to have. Because I wouldn't say there's more rappers out there. Maybe Kanye's discography of, like, everything's a caption. Like, everything works very, very well. Wayne. And Wayne, too. Yeah, Wayne. Wayne is a great one. And then, obviously, Drake be learning from Wayne, right? It's just kind of like... It's super cool to see him be able to do that, obviously get away with a a bunch of corny bars, but it's absolutely phenomenal, this yeah. album.
0: How about that one? You my treacherous, little twin, you my twin. Tre- <laughs> like, the way he delivers. <laughs> I was telling Alexa, I was like, he literally made this song. Like, I know it's like, it's talk about how hood they are, the actual content, but I'm like, that hook was made for sorority girls. <laughs>
1: like, oh, yeah. No, no, no. The bar, The bar literally in the first bar said, 500 million out the face. I feel like KK. Yeah, like Kim Kim K, like, come on, dude. Girls are gonna be screaming that, dude. And that's what makes this super cool, is because, dude, the beats are hard, man. They're hard hitting. This this production, I'll let you go into it too, because you're just, you know, telling me about this earlier. But I agree. I think this production brings out the best in both of them. Um and it's it's overwhelming because you get the sex appeal, right? Like, you get the sex appeal, you get the women singing the stuff, but then the guys are throwing down because this is some mosh pit type shit, too. You know what I mean? People jumping up and going crazy at clubs and stuff. It literally is the perfect balance between those worlds. And Drake is yeah. the perfect embodiment of that.
0: Yeah, like Rich Flex is like, it's it's a, it's sicko mode. It's a sicko mode yeah. type song. You yep. know, the way it has like three, uh, might even have four switch ups. Uh, if you include the, the um, spoken part at the beginning.
1: Yeah, Rich Flex actually has. Let me double check here. Yeah, it has yeah. three samples in it, yeah. and then there's the Twenty One Savage line where you know he mimicked Meg The Stallion, which I thought it killed me, bro, It killed me. It so, so funny.
0: funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, like shit like that, where it, like the 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 beat switches, it, it just it works, man. Like it, it feels theatric, and like the dude, for, forty went off that. on this too. Like this. The mixing is crazy on this. Fucking crazy. Like, oh I mean, th- I know this is like your arena, but like, when I and my untrained ears can hear shit, it's like impressive. Like, I remember you were telling me what to listen to this in the car. Yeah, so good, so good in the car.
1: Yeah, dude. Um, it's something about like, I forgot. Obviously, Noah's on this, and I think Noah, he does he does certain things. Um. Okay, this is going to get a little technical, but there's a tool that like most music production has where uh you it's a, called an EQ and there's like a spectrum of frequency and like you you can do certain things to like certainly remove some of those sounds, but in all reality you're dampening. So let's say I have like a very high spectrum sound, something like a really really high lead. Most people, you throw an EQ on top of it so you can kind of dumb down the harshness. But the thing is, that audio is still there. It's just dampened, right? The thing that Noah does that made him really unique and what made a lot of his early Drake stuff pop out is he'll literally destroy the bit rate. So that basically means he resamples it and none of the none of the audio is leaking over. It's just gone. It's not even there on the spectrum. That's and like so, he
0: takes the low end out completely. Completely,
1: right? or he'll take the mids out completely, but it's like not there. There's no input. So what that creates is extremely, extremely clean mixes for vocals. And if you've noticed through this whole album, no matter how loud the beat gets, Drake and 21 are right there. Yeah. And, and this is why... Noah, in my opinion, is one of the greatest engineers ever, but not because of his like own talent, but how much he's able to make other people shine, aka Drake, from knowing his voice. like Drake does so much singing, songwriting shit in here, right? And that's a different type of mix sometimes that you have to do. When you're starting to add mad autotune onto vocals, you have to change the way the mix sounds a little bit. And Noah's so good at understanding Drake's voice and Savage being super monotone at the end of the day, his voice pierces either way and he doesn't really need much. So it's like that combined. That's why the mix sounds so good. Like, holy shit, the 808s are slapping, but Drake and 21 are right there in front of you. You know, yeah, it's sick,
0: bro. If there are songs where it feels like you're um, in the booth with them. Yeah.
1: Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, it's, it's,
0: um, And real quick, I just, because I didn't say my favorite songs, I just wanted to say, yeah, yeah, of course. Back Outside Boys, I'll rank it number one, Numero Uno. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That
0: song's so fucking fire. Uh, And then I really fuck with uh, Spin About You. (sighs) Super good song. Super good song. And then uh, Treacherous Twins. Treacherous Twins is so good.
1: So good, dude. And then Runner, Runner Up,
0: Runner Up. Yeah, can I give them one? I have an honorable mention, but it's literally just like a moment. Yeah, where? Um 21 Savage singing the hook in Hours in Silence is the best moment of this whole album. The whole album to me. Like I'll go back and listen to like that 30, 45 second part on Hours and Silence.
1: What's what's yeah, Hours of Silence, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dude. It's so good. It's like a couple minutes in.
1: 30 on my way. Just seeking that, you know. You like, know, the savage debut. It's so, so good. Oh, so good. Absolutely. I was gonna say my runner up, oh, man. This is so hard. Because I think if if we were gonna be completely honest, I think towards the end, more M's 3M in Glenwood, and I guess it's fuck me. Kind of more Drake ish towards the end. I think it ended a little weaker than it started strong. Obviously. Can I say
0: though? I'm oh. I am like the biggest hater of the of the Drake outro, I would say, you know. That, mm-hmm. Like recent recent history, right? It just sucks. Like the last four albums, it's just like six or seven minutes of bullshit. Like you know, like I, I know how rich you are. I know how many fucking how many bitches you fuck. I don't even do it in like forty different ways for six minutes. I'm good. But like these,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. This is funny. This is what I'm saying. Drink corn is wrong. No, you're not wrong. I'm actually going <laughs> back through the discography right now because I want to see the last four albums outro.
0: But um, the last four tracks on this, like I'll include five because Middle of the Ocean is really good.
1: Like mm-hmm. Middle
0: of the Ocean and Jumbo Shit pop in into like, I guess it's Fuck Me because like more M's I'm not a big fan of. 3M and Glamour is just 21. But like those are kind of like the last few songs of if you're reading this, it's too late. It kind of has like a jungle sort of vibe.
1: I feel that. I feel that for sure. Yeah, my my uh my runner up is gonna have to be privileged rappers, um, dude, bro.
0: That song is so good too. That was that one's up there for me, dude. I will say, dude. Like oh. the first, the first ten tracks could be its own album, and they could have dropped the last what was it six tracks. Like I I enjoy them. Don't get me wrong. But if this was if this album was just the first ten tracks, holy shit, it's platinum literally like easy cancel everything that would be the best album drake's put out probably <sighs> since take care
1: that and what a time to be alive because i think that yeah. was peak drake too no, like that it' would be, it would be like that bro yeah
0: it would, yeah, be, it know, would. Like that condensed because what, what a time to be alive is 10 or 11 tracks right
1: yeah from what i remember it wasn't too many tracks i think maybe 12 but you either double way it matter it was but. 11 it was 11 it was very but good yeah
0: yeah, I mean, okay. Let's let's, let's let's we we've talked about this album a lot. We don't want to only talk about this album, but you can kind of hear if you made it to f- this fifty six minute mark in this podcast, mm. um, then you can you can hear the excitement. Like we really fuck with this project. It's gonna be in the rotation for a while, like a while. And I think
1: years for me, honestly, no, I, yeah, I can't I even. Lie. That's what I mean. There <laughs>
0: there are songs that will never leave this for you know. Yeah, it's thanks. that good. Thanks. And then, but but let's talk about an album that's like on the complete opposite side of the spectrum musically to this, uh, in smithereens by Joji. Holy um, shit, because I actually listened to smithereens first and I don't think I listened to her loss until like a day or two after it came out actually. Uh, just cause I was waiting till I had a chance to listen to it all the way through with headphones, mm-hmm. but dude smithereens for an eight minute album, or sorry, eight eight track album, twenty-five oh. minutes. Like it it's so like deep and to me like full of substance without saying much. Moody, the attitude, like what did we call it? It's uh it's happy haunting.
1: Yeah, happy haunting. Yep. It's
0: happy haunting music. Um, and if no, if you don't know, like I don't know how well known Joji is. I guess he's he's been on TikTok, bro. Like he's he's got TikTok songs, he's well known but like if you only ever listen to like slow dancing in the dark and glimpse of you which is the first track on this album glimpse of us
1: yeah glimpse of glimpse us glimpse of us sorry
0: yeah um do yourself a favor and like just go look it up on apple music or spotify j o j i and just vibe out like put on any of the albums put on just the top songs like joji is joji's one of those like underground kings genuinely
1: yeah, for that, sure. Like,
0: he's not actually underground, but like just not as well known as he should be. Right. And I, like this album for me, it just like, it puts me like sitting in my bed at 16 years old, like just got broken up with, <laughs> like, you know, like right, so sad, like think it's the end of the world, but you just know it isn't at the same time. Like, it's got that vibe to it. And it's like, it's when you're, when you're like older listening to something like that, I think it's kind of got this like weird blissfulness to it. And like ignorance to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's
0: just like full of hope. It's it's just beautiful, beautiful music. I'll, I'll let you talk about it. I needed to get yeah. off my little ta- my soapbox there. Dude, I beautiful, I, beautiful album.
1: I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, like me and Jason, we were talking about like, how does this make us feel, right? Because I think people sometimes critique music too hard. Sometimes they try to find too much substance, you know, like, or try to like, hold somebody up to their level of lyricism. But I truly I really think this is, this is performance art. This isn't like a concert, like where everybody's turning up. This is like, where people come to like, get relief. Like this is therapy. This is a very therapeutic album, um, and I think the reason why, at least for me, I, you know, I, I, won't, I won't speak for you unless you agree. But part of the reason why I feel like this album is so heartfelt and so good is because of how vulnerable he is in admitting to making mistakes.
0: He he um he puts himself out as as an imperfect human being at every
1: moment. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like this makes me feel like the feelings that people have were a lot closer than like what we perceive or think. You know, as a human being, like you feel bad listening to this, right? Like even on the glimpse of us, right said that i'm fine i said i moved on i'm only here passing time in her arms hoping i'll find a glimpse of us like how excruciatingly painful of of something to like realize right now like i'm not 100 percent for sure and we will never really know because joji's never really talked about it outwardly um about his relationships but it seems that like, obviously you can't write something like this without really feeling it. You know what I mean? Like the, the word play, the analogies, it's just harsh truth about reality. I also think the reason why we can relate to this album a lot is because everybody's had puppy love. Right. And I wouldn't say that this is puppy love, but like the way the album makes you feel, it makes you feel like you're in love for the first time. And then you're, yeah. Like you said, yeah. You, I'm 16 years old and I just got dumped by my girlfriend. I feel like it's the end of the world. And the beautiful thing is if you have that mindset about love, then you can literally apply that to your most significant other, or if you guys are a part of whatever, you can, you can frame it with, with that person. And that's what makes Joji so relatable. It's like, Oh man, somebody like him, You know what I mean? Find success on YouTube, viral sensation, pink guy like him. He's admitting that he's done some wrong things and he has regret and he's trying to cope with it. Like, wow. Thank you for like spilling out your heart because this is definitely the most spill heart album that we've heard from And I would just
0: add to that that like it's not that like – I'm trying to think of like how to say that. Like he, he's all, it's always been an open book, right? Like you don't, it's the expectation when you hit play on the album that you're going to get him opening his heart to you. Yeah. You know, through these stories and through the delivery of these words, it's just as simple as that. Right. It's not like, it's not this, like you said, this is performative art. Right. And like Mm -hmm. we were talking about Drake and 21, right. It's literally deer just fucking around and having fun. Right like i think joji's just fucking around and feeling shitty <laughs> you know what i mean and like it's not it's not like hey come listen to this thing that i made to help me feel better it's come listen to this with me while i wallow you know yeah it's it, it's you are i guess the best way to say it is like you're listening to it while he's in the middle of the healing process is what it sounds like it's not yeah. resolved none of this is resolved
1: no, that you know, is that. what a great point nothing that he has said on this album feels like it's come to a conclusion it feels like it is an ongoing process of therapy yeah. you know therapy and like whatever he needs to feel out you know
0: but to quote him it's feeling like the end and i don't think it'll get better
1: <laughs> god damn
0: that's the second track you know like it's it's just it's special dude and like i won't belabor the point bro we can just gush over this thing uh but for the sake of time i don't know if we should right right
1: right no no <laughs> um, no, 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 no we don't need But to. just like
0: talking about like how we like how we consume music right and like mm-hmm. why we're so excited about these types of releases i just kind of wanted to to frame it and like use these as an example use music from the past couple of years earlier this year like we talked about Artists putting out dope stuff, right? Kenny Beats, I think, is one I forgot to mention, even too, uh, with Louie. But all throughout this, like, do you feel like the way you consume music has changed over the years? And I'll frame it like this, right? Like, do you think that, like, we, do you think that we, as the general public, as people who listen to music, right? Whether I'm a casual listener, I just listen to the radio. Or I just have my playlist that I've had for years, or I'm up at midnight on Thursday for every new release type of listener. Like, do we do a good job of setting expectations for ourselves in this sort of media landscape? That's kind of what I'll leave it at. Mm. Um, and the reason I ask it like that is because I I think of like Netflix. I think of streaming from a video perspective and TV and movies. Right. And I think it's gotten really um, distorted, our expectations. And I think we're so open about it. It's like, it's not even a secret. It's part of the marketing even now. Right. We're like, like Severance. We both watch Severance um, yeah. on Apple TV. and we Phenomenal
1: show, it. guys. Please watch. Please yeah. watch.
0: But like, we binge watched it. Right. We watched the, the, the eight, I think it was like 8 episodes, right? We watched them all real quick and like now we're just stuck in this holding pattern waiting for the next season. You know, and it's not like an occupy my life or anything like that. But like I think that that does do do something to the way you set expectations, like you shouldn't be it, it not everything should be like opening gifts on Christmas morning. Not everything's supposed to feel like that, you know? Like, wow. there's supposed yeah. to be, you know, things, things have varying levels of excitement. <laughs> That's just how things work. And, like, not everything is going to hit the max level that you've achieved before. And, like, to relate this back to music, like, I'll use, uh, like, using Frank Ocean, it's super easy. So I'll just do this example, right? Like, Blonde came out, and we hadn't heard from Frank in years, right? It was, like, four years. Uh, musically and now it's been six more years since blonde came out right and like we've had some stuff intermittently but like the that coming out and it came out like right when apple music became a thing you know i remember like they gave out the two weeks of free music free apple music with the, the album or some shit um and it was an exclusive and all this shit but like you know do you know what i'm trying to say it's like i think do you feel like you've even done like do you recognize when you're like Oh, this drake album came out and you're already like even before you do that run through you kind of already are hyping it up silently in your head or you're like comparing it to all this stuff before like you have this catalog because you can literally see the apple music um album covers scrolling through the phone in your head as right. you go through and start to compare it before you even listen. like you get what i'm trying to say like do you feel like any of this stuff like w- like we're fucking it up for ourselves in that oh yeah, way.
1: oh yeah, for sure. But it it doesn't make it any easier that the music industry is extremely oversaturated now. um You know, even six years ago, right? Like if we're just talking about come up artists, you know, we're talking like new heads were like Playboy and Uzi, Trippy Red, XXX. You know what I mean? Um, my music conception obviously has changed quite a lot and what kind of sucks is I was definitely into that SoundCloud era, right? Like and you were as well. We would share SoundCloud songs all the time, you know, all these independent artists. But what ended up happening was eventually SoundCloud was not be able to like maintain these artists. You know, they didn't have enough capital to be able to like become its own kind of record label which In a sense, I was kind of hoping for with SoundCloud, with all the gems that they've created and people that they've found. So what ended up happening for me is a lot of the artists that I used to listen to on SoundCloud ended up either getting a record deal or going independent and started posting mainly on mainstreaming services. Um, Artists like Trippy or XXX, you know, like completely one like 180 you know like and in that, a sense
0: sorry to interrupt but that just like you can keep going after i said but like that's just because distrib- distribution became super commoditized for all of these streaming services and super easy to do from an independent standpoint or cheap from a label standpoint right which yeah. contributed to all of this too yeah
1: because uh the physical copies that you have to make for albums you know like the promotions and everything like that you know Eventually, when everything becomes digitized, it just becomes way more commercial and easier to access, you know. And that's that's what ended up happening is a lot of the artists would transfer over to like a mainstreaming service, like oh, finally, you know, like X is on Apple Music, like that's nice, like I can add it, you know. And a lot of these streaming services too, like whichever one that you use, if if you know Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you're using, the the interface is so nice and organized, it kind of keeps you like bound to what you're using and um what ends up happening is you can have so much music on your phone and you know you just hit shuffle on that bitch and you're gonna start comparing that's that's the thing is the immediacy that you were saying like right like we anticipate right and then we compare and then honestly as listeners our biggest fault is that we try to create narratives Right? Like to explain how things are going on in the outside world. Like people do it all the time, not just in music, but in all aspects of life. But I think for music, the problem is that people don't understand that even Drake, man, he's capturing a moment. You have to take that moment for like what it is. Right? Like, because then you don't support the artist, you don't support the growth. Right? And people, don't seem to understand that constantly anticipating and comparing things is ruining the experience. You're not being present when you're listening to it. You're not You're not there, right? You could say that you're there, but you're not giving your full attention to this album because you already have your mind running through all this material that's been released. Top of all the artists that have come into the game. It's kind of hard to find new art that really sticks out and stands out. And a lot of stuff that comes out in the streaming area now you know, twenty sixteen and past. A lot of it's been bad too.
0: <laughs> yeah, and on that on that point, like I, we were kind of tossing this question back and forth in the the pre show planning stuff, right? But like, do you feel like that that oversaturation has lent itself to like why we we being me and you, right? Feel like there aren't really like I guess the the immediate classic album has kind of died, and it's so few and far between that like, do you feel like that oversaturation and you're able to like everyone's able to kind of create their group, no matter how big or small that group is. Like you can be a fan of whatever artist and feel like it's a stadium, you know, when it's on your phone and you can see the interaction.
1: Right. You know what I mean? Like, dude. Okay. Not only is it oversaturation, but streaming is the one that did this. It's the killer for this because like, if you look back, right. Like even when music was digitized You still had to buy the album
0: Yeah like on iTunes right
1: On iTunes whatever you were using Right and You know a lot of kids did it let's be honest Like everyone all 50 states We all used some torrent or limewire Or something to get these albums But uh, for the people That did support that's what kind of Made it a classic right It's like everybody fucking bought that album Like oh, they paid dude, top that's dollar such a
0: Good point.
1: Yeah Like take care, I can
0: remember buying the Carter Four.
1: Yeah, and I can remember buying Take Care. Yeah. So it's like that's why it's a classic is because so many people bought it. Like they were like, "Yeah, I'm gonna spend sixteen bucks on this CD." That's crazy, dude. Okay, if you think about it, really is it's streaming to
0: you. Like it really is. When I let's let's um do like two. I'll pick a few albums that are like blatantly classic, right? Like if I if I'm on Apple Music. And I go have Good Kid Mad City, right? I'm listening to Good Kid Mad City and then I'm listening to like I don't know, like a
1: My a, Beautiful the Dark oh Chronic. Or I was gonna say My Beautiful Dark Twisted yeah, Fantasy. Yeah, My Beautiful
0: Dark Twisted Fantasy, or mm-hmm. like the Chronic, right? It's like any classic hip hop album, right? That like is generally widely accepted as a classic, right? Like the fact that like all of those, all it takes for it to be mine is an ad button. That like it's it's commoditized all of those and it's equivalent to the single that this whatever XYZ SoundCloud artist just put out through distribution that like me and you could put out, right? Like it doesn't it's not hard to get a song on Apple Music. No, right? not like, at all. No, it just takes you, a little bit of time, but you can do it. It's a little time and and yeah. a, and a couple dollars, I'm pretty sure, right? Yep. Like so I get it, dude. Like, and I don't know if we were gonna I don't know if we were going to get to an answer. Like that may just be one of many answers for this. Um, For sure. I mean, that's my perspective on it. Yeah. I just think it's a super interesting conversation, right? Because like I find myself going through phases with music more so than I ever did where like I'll just have periods where like, no, I don't really listen to music that much right now. Like, of course I still do. Like, I think it's weird when people just don't listen to music, but like, I'm like, no, like I'm kind of like on the podcast grind right now, you know? Or like, like right now, for example, like these past, this past week, two weeks, even a month, like I've just been, I'm so behind on podcasts right now, Like <laughs> you know, just like only been listening to music, only a music in my ears, always a music on the speakers. But like, there'll be times where like, I just, I'm not really feeling that. And I just, I need the new, like news of like all my, all the sports podcasts or whatever pop culture shit. Right. Um, then I'm taking in, but it's like, again, there always needs to be something, <laughs> something in the ears but there's something to that right that like do you go through phases with it too or like you feel like you fall like do you feel like you fall in and out of love with like the act of jamming to music nowadays or is that like just me being like uh reaching for th- something there i'm not saying i feel that way i'm just trying to pose a question
1: i i personally for me i don't know if you're reaching or not like i will say i have phases with music where i don't listen to certain genres
0: that yeah mainly, that's mainly, what i'm talking about that's yeah, kind like of what tra- I'm talking about. like trap when, like, and
1: rap. I, like I'll take a break. Yeah.
0: yeah, you know, or like um, I yeah. have times where like I really only like like kind of like folky alternative. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot more like singer songwriter guitar type stuff. Right. And, like I'm I'm off a lot of that right now. I'm like I like I'm like EDM right now. You know, like I was talking about Fred again and like yeah some of this other like yeah. dancey type shit that I've been listening to. I'm like I don't know, got on that before. Never been never been in that arena. It's just kind of fun, dude. Like, I'm enjoying it's. I think, like, the thing is, and maybe this is the phases thing, where, like, I feel like I go through phases. This is the better way to say it. Not that I'm, like, falling in and out of love with it, but it's, like, I'm really into, like, the discovery of new music again. Where, like, I think that's what I fall out of. Like, when we were talking about the, the SoundCloud era of 2016 for me and you, like, constantly sending shit back and forth. Deep diving. Deep, dive, Deep like, that, that diving. Deep diving. That doesn't happen as much, I'll say. And like, I'm just, just in terms of like, yeah, the frequency of how much we have going back and forth, I think for you too. And like, but like, over the last few days, it feels like that's picked back up because the energy of all this stuff coming out just fills it right back up. Right. And you want to do all that. So I'm just, I don't know. I'm curious if like artists and record labels notice that sort of momentum or if, They're able to notice it, or they're completely oblivious to it, and they're only looking at a number.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I feel like that'd be so hard to measure, you know, in any type of way. Like just in terms of a business, it's like how how are you able to measure certain things? I think the only thing that I've heard of is sometimes it's the economy, right? Like when the economy is going through like inflation or a recession, usually the music's tempo picks up back up. That makes sense. To liven the liven, you know, the burden yeah, it of the economy. Sense,
0: dude. And it's just like I guess, yeah, with that, like ever more and more people have shared experience. Right. Mm-hmm. So more and more people would relate to the same things. Right. Um, just interesting, bro. Like it's like music is part of the human condition, dude. Like it's just it's part of us. It's so interesting. You know, it's I don't know for me to geek out on.
1: Yeah. One last thing. Um, I just wanted to say the reason why I feel like I go through uh phases, especially with hip hop and trap. Um, is because almost everything is hip hop and trap now in some form of area. That's a good point
0: because it became the new rock and roll.
1: Exactly. And so what ends up happening is like you'll get these weird variations of like really niche parts of hip hop influenced music. Um, like hyperpop, for example, is a mix of like EDM, like trap, and a bunch of other stuff because the drums are definitely hip hop, but all the breaks and the little like stutters and stuff. That's definitely like EDM influenced. So you're starting to hear like the same kind of drums, the same kind of flows. And so like for my phases, it's like, I really like bedroom pop, right? Too, where it, Yeah. Where it just sounds like, you know, someone's in the room with a decent mic, but it, I mean, you're not in a studio, you know, and you got your laptop and you got some friends and they're in the back and they're smoking their jewels and, weed and you know just having a good time you know like that's like more authentic of an experience of music in my opinion um and things like that and that's why like one of my favorite artists is Claro I always go back to her right because she just I makes like, me... i like
0: Ryan Beatty for that Ryan Beatty I yeah. love Ryan Beatty it's like one of those just like like I do not fit that demographic of anyone like listening to that music but I just I love it love, love it. it so
1: much well dude same way with Claro for me dude I'm not I'm not white. I'm not like a 16, 17 year old girl, but it, shit slaps, man. And that's the kind of oversaturation that I'm talking about because hip hop, like you said, has become the new rock and roll. Like it's everywhere now. And so I think over the next wave here, um, especially like for her loss, for example, right, and even Joji's album, right, Smithereens, hip hop drums. Like, but it's how they added the variation, right? It's how they added the little things that made it super unique. And I think that new wave is finally gonna start like overturning a lot of the experiments that has been happening over the past four to five years. Because um, I think now a lot of artists have kind of understand. Okay, we need to have some kind of hip hop influence, but how can I still sound like me? You know, how can I still provide something different? And I think people are finally coming up on their processes and kind of understanding, okay, this is like my niche role now a little bit, you know? And both of these albums are perfect examples, Smithereens and Her Loss, of how you can adapt modern rock rock and roll, right? Hip hop and make it your own thing. Um, And let's just hope that more artists are going to do that. You know?
0: Yeah, Yeah, I, dude, I couldn't have said it better myself. Like the only thing I'll add to that, and I guess kind of like, flip one more question back onto you is ultimately like, do you think the oversaturation is more good or more bad for everyone involved?
1: I think it's gonna, it's so hard. It's like definitely 50, 50,
0: but yeah, but if so you had to, I'm saying if, if you had to pick to one, the scale one direction, is it more good or is it more bad? It's,
1: it's definitely more good. Um, because I agree. Yeah. You know, like you'll find gems in the rough, man. Uh, someone who's a perfect example, Bro, and you've heard her song. She's gone viral on TikTok and all this type of type of stuff. But her name's Pink Pantheris. And it doesn't she, ring
0: any bells off the name for me.
1: Yeah, you know her name's not really well known, but she's definitely like a super niche type of. It's definitely TikTok, like kind of like video sounds like you know what I mean. But she's so in her lane, bro. But the thing is, if you told Pink Pantheris six years ago on soundcloud to blow up it wouldn't happen there wasn't an audience big enough for her yeah. and so no, with this, that
0: makes sense that makes sense it,
1: it's worth it it's worth it for these tiny gems of course we're gonna have to filter through all the bs <laughs> but yeah. the beauty of it is that i think a lot of people have good music taste from all genres so it's like at some point you're gonna find someone that you would have never found before if it wasn't as saturated
0: yeah and yeah. i think on that too like You can kind of flip that and like, just like there, there's someone for everyone too, you know, like music is (sighs) listening to music is such a, and again, I'm speaking from my experience, like intimate activity, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and emotional at times to where it, it brings me a lot of joy to know that there really aren't many people out there who can't relate to some sort of music, you know? For sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's like we talked about Joji being therapeutic to listen to, and it's just like, whether that isn't, like, you know, like death metal is therapeutic for people, not for me, but um, right, um it, it, it is for some people, and, like, that's pretty sick, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, music just brings people together, man, especially yeah. when you're dancing and just having a good time. Bro, been dancing
0: around the house so hard lately.
1: I, oh, God. Dude, if there was, like, a... If there was a camera in my shower, I'd go viral. I, I'm doing crazy moves out there, No, man. you wouldn't. Either. You'd be canceled. <laughs> out here, just dancing. But, dude, I'd really be having dance parties with myself, especially with these two albums. Because, dude, even smithereens, I'll dance to. Oh,
0: I'll, I'll dude, dance and be you, sad. Yukon and 1am, I go fucking stupid, dude.
1: So crazy. And it's just like, all right, like you, it, it's a release. You know what i mean at the end of the day and i think that's what people that's what you're getting at when it's like oh i'm so glad you you have that for you like as a person like i'm so glad you have some outlet you know because like you can't give that to anybody else you have to find that yourself that release you know what i mean you can have support groups but you have to like find that and like music is one of the best ways to do it
0: exactly and yeah. sometimes you just need to put some socks on that'll help you and Michael Jackson slide around your house and dance oh around, gosh. you know? Sometimes that's crazy. just what you got to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Um, but no, nah, man, the, this is honestly, this was a fun-ass conversation. It dude, was. I just, it was shit, bro. This is, like the, this is like the foundation of our friendship is just geeking out over new releases. Like,
1: Oh, <laughs> oh man, how many times have we sent each other songs, dude? It's uncountable.
0: No, bro. This was this was dope. Uh, and for everyone listening, please, uh, please just go hop in that new releases tab and and give give this stuff a listen. Um, and check out some of the other stuff that we've mentioned throughout this podcast. All the artists. I'm just anything that I remember. Like, go check out Kenny Beats. Go check out Omar Apollo. Go check out Claro. Uh, go check out. Uh, f- fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Purple Panthers, Pink Panthers. Oh yeah, Pink Panthers. <laughs> Pink Panthers, Pink Panthers. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, bro. It's like there's so much dope stuff coming out that like, do yourselves a favor and listen to the whatever Apple Music or Spotify is creating for you. Those AIs do a fucking great job. Honestly, they learn you in a scary way. Um, just like listen to new shit. It's fun. Yup.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: But. I think that'll uh that'll do it for for this edition of 808s and fast breaks. Uh if you made it to the end here, thanks for listening. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. a long one. Um, but but super fun, like I said. And uh I think that'll do it for us. Uh, anything else you need to say before we jump out here, Andy?
1: I actually do. <clears throat> Major distribution man, my label on my dick for real. Hardest bar ever, dude. Thanks for listening, everyone. Peace. Peace.